Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders Podcast. Lots to talk about on today's show. We will discuss the Islanders' decision to call up Kiefer Bellows from Bridgeport and what that means, how will it affect the Islanders' line combinations, what does Bellows add to the lineup, and uh, what difference, if any, should this make going forward. We will also have a full preview of the Islanders' game today, uh, tonight, actually, against the Dallas Stars at the Barkley Center, and we'll have this date in Islanders history, a look back at a big Mike Bossy hat trick, and a whole lot more. So, let's get started with the big news of the day, and that is Kiefer Bellows getting called up by the Islanders from Bridgeport, and look, Bellows was off to a very slow start this year, and since then he has come on like gangbusters, and it's heartening to see him get called up. Now, if you've been listening to this show on a regular basis, you know that I mentioned that, you know, Bellows is one of those players that the Islanders should consider bringing up to add some offense, and look, you break it down for Bellows, he started off the season very, very slow. One goal, two assists in his first 19 games. But, since then, you know, there was a turning point, and that was Brent Thompson, coach of the Sound Tigers, scratched him for two games, and then over the 26 games after being scratched, 15 goals, six assists, 21 points. Now that 21 points alone in those 26 games, more than the 19 points that Bellows had all of last season, his first full pro season in the AHL. So all of a sudden now, he is playing a lot better as far as, you know, providing offense and and, and getting out there and really uh, giving the Sound Tigers up until now, uh, a lot more of the offense that they've been struggling to get. Let's face it, you know, Bridgeport has had their difficulties. Now, what does Bellows bring to the table? First of all, he's 21 years old. And what he really does bring to the table is a certain physicality and size. He's 6'1", around 200 pounds, and... He is one of those guys who is not afraid 
to get down into those so-called dirty areas, uh, screen a goalie, get deflections, uh, rebounds. He is a budding and developing power forward. Now, look, power forwards take a little bit longer to develop than most other players at the forward position, mainly because in order for their game to be effective at the NHL level, you're talking about needing to be bigger physically in order to get position down low in front of the crease, in order to play a physical, you know, checking kind of a game, in order to be a power forward, you need power. And it's one thing to be able to play that way in juniors or in college. And certainly in juniors, Bellows did the job in in 2017, 2018, 41 goals and 74 points in just 56 games with the Portland Winterhawks of the WHL in juniors. Then he goes up to Bridgeport playing against adults, uh, minor league players, but men nonetheless, and his goal total goes down to 12 goals in 73 games. But now, you know, he's already surpassed that in 45 games this year. Do I expect Kiefer Bellows to come up here and set the world on fire with the Islanders? No, can't say that I do. Uh, But can he add a missing element to this lineup? Can he improve this team with his presence? Absolutely, yes. Will he? That remains to be seen. Is there going to be, in my mind, another adjustment period for Kiefer Bellows as he climbs the ladder and reaches the highest level of hockey? Um, Look, there are certain things you could do in juniors that you can't do in the AHL. And there are certain things that you could do in the AHL, certain moves, certain uh, plays that you can make easily or confidently in the AHL that won't work too often in the NHL because the players are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. The game itself, realistically, is faster at the NHL level. So will Bellows have to adjust? Absolutely. But exciting to see him make his NHL debut. Probably will come tonight. And here's another sort of a little fitting Coda to the whole Kiefer Bellows getting called up idea. His father, Brian Bellows, number one pick, first round pick, number two overall by what team? The Minnesota North Stars back in 1982. And of course, the Minnesota North Stars now are the Dallas Stars, the team that if Bellows is in the lineup tonight, he will make his NHL debut against. And Brian Bellows was an immediate success, 35 goals in his rookie season with the North Stars, 41 goals his second season, and, uh, you know, really played roughly 10 years uh, with the North Stars organization up until 1991-92, including his best season, a 55-goal, 99-point campaign back in 1989-90. So, sort of a little fitting poetry here that Kiefer Bellows will be playing his first NHL game against the franchise where his father started and starred for 
back in at the beginning of his NHL career. Nice little poetic touch there. All right, we're going to take a step away. When we come back, we'll talk about where Bellows is going to fit into the Islander lineup. We have this date in Islanders history and a preview of the game against the Dallas Stars. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so we are back here at the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, if you have a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like us to discuss, just shoot us an email with your name and where you're from. And the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to read your question and uh, talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. We also know that you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, your host on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Uh, so please uh, do that and we'll keep you up to date on all things New York Islanders. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice and leave a comment to tell people why you like the show. It helps build our audience and helps other Islander fans find out about the show's existence. So, the question becomes now, where does Kiefer Bellows fit into the Islanders lineup? And realistically, they could do a couple of things. First idea in my mind uh, is they could put him on that third line. The third line has been a big problem for this franchise all season as far as getting production is concerned, not getting enough scoring. Essentially, the Islanders have played most of the season with two fourth lines uh, or with a lot of players on the third and fourth line who are fourth line caliber players. So you could go with a a, a third line, for example, of Brassard, Bellows, and Del Cole. That would be one way to do it. Brassard should gain some more offensive prowess playing with a player like Bellows, and Bellows would certainly be the finisher on a line like that. Dal Cole adds a little, uh, you know, grit. Brassard, the playmaker. Bellows, the physical winger slash power forward, and that in theory, helps the Islanders' third line become a better scoring line. Now, the other idea is that you take Josh Bailey, who, now in the first scenario, Bailey moves up to right wing on the second line. So you'd have Barzal, Lee, and Eberle as your top trio, Nelson, Bavillier, and Bailey as your second trio, Broussard, Bellows, Dalcol, Sezikis, Martin, and Kamarov is your fourth line. The other way, your first line remains the same, Barzal, Lee, and Eberle. You then could move Broussard from third line center up to second line wing. And that was where he's played his best hockey this season. So you could go Nelson, Bavillier, and Broussard, the B&B line, essentially, uh, as the second line, and then you move Bailey to center the third line with Bellows and Dal Cole. Bailey is a very good passer, so I, I think he might even fill that role a little bit better than uh, than Brassard would, and I think Brassard plays his best hockey on the wing, at least he has this year. I prefer this second c- scenario. 
where you place Bellows on the third line with Bailey and Dal Cole and move Broussard from the third line center up to the second line right wing. And, you know, to me, that provides the most balance and the best possible options for the Islanders uh, moving forward. Now, they could also throw him on the fourth line, at least for the first game, uh, instead of Kamarov, move Kamarov up to the third line, but I don't think that's really the best scenario. I like the second scenario that I talked about. Move Bailey to third line center, move Broussard up to second line right wing, and go Bailey, Bellows, Dalcole, third line, Nelson, Bavillier, Broussard as the second line. But look, the final decision obviously belongs to Barry Trotz, and we'll find out tonight what happens. Uh, when Kiefer Bellows takes the NHL ice for the very first time. Meanwhile, one other piece of uh, Islanders news on the prospect front, and always Ilya Sorokin, the uh, Islanders uh, prospect goaltender, winning once again the goalie of the month for the month of January in the KHL. No surprise when you look at his numbers for the month of January, Sorokin 6-1 with a 9.41 save percentage and a goals against average of 1.37. For the season, the goals against average 1.51, the save percentage 9.35. And uh, the Islanders really hoping that Sorokin comes to the Islanders organization next season. We've talked about it a lot. Look, uh, Grice's contract, Tomas Grice's contract up at the end of this season. And ideally what you do is you have Varlamov and Sorokin as your goaltending tandem in 2020-2021. Maybe, you know, he doesn't start the season in the NHL. Maybe Sorokin needs a little time to adjust to the North American game, the rink size a little bit smaller, the angles are a little bit different, certainly being uh, in a foreign country where you don't speak the language uh, as well, if at all, that those all become factors. But uh, look, the Islanders certainly want Sorokin here, and it would be uh, ideal. Look, kid's 24 years old, he has realistically done everything he can and will be able to accomplish at the KHL level. The only challenge left for him is to win a Stanley Cup, to accomplish the goal of playing in the best league in the world and establishing himself there. And that means, even if it means taking a little bit less money next season, uh, because uh, an entry-level one-year deal with the Islanders would pay him less than what his uh, KHL deal would be at CSKA Moscow. Uh, even so, from an athletic standpoint, from a competitor's standpoint, what you want to do is take that next step up, go to the NHL, and then, of course, after one year, he can make a heck of a lot more money playing for the Islanders and playing in the NHL than he could uh, playing in the KHL. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll preview tonight's game against the Stars in Brooklyn. 
And we'll take a look back at this Dayton Islanders history. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. This date in Islanders history, we take you back to February 4th, 1978 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, 15,319 fans on hand for the Islanders and the Washington Capitals. And early on, Mike Bossy gets the Islanders on the board. His 37th of the year from Brian Trottier and Stefan Pearson at 7.07. And quickly, it's 1-0 Islanders. Islanders completely dominating the opening period. Mike Kaziki with the next goal, his 7th from Bobby Nystrom and Bob Bourne at 11.07. And then a minute, three seconds after that, Bossy, his 2nd of the game, 38th of the year from Clark Gillies and Brian Trottier at 12.10. And at after one period, the Islanders led 3-0. The Islanders outshooting the Washington Capitals 22-7 in that first period. Chico Resch making all seven saves. Bernie Wolf, the goaltender for the Capitals, besieged by a lot of shots. Now, the Capitals got on the board in the second period. Guy Charon, their leading scorer that year, his 21st from Sirwa at 5.09, made it a 3-1 hockey game, but the Islanders do not waste time. Billy Harris, his 14th, from Wayne Merrick and Stefan Pearson at 10.36. It's 4-1 Islanders after two periods. In the third, Bossy completes the hat trick. Gillies and Trottier with the assists at 16.04, and then an unassisted goal by Wayne Merrick, his 7th at 17.41, rounds out the scoring Islanders, outshoot the Capitals by a 39-22 margin in this game, and come away with a 6-1 win in this divisional matchup, a Patrick division matchup. Here's the thing, you know, the, the hat trick for Mike Bossy, and this was a quote from Al Arbor after the game. He's as quick as a cat around the net. It seems like he gets rid of the puck before it even reaches him. And then Wayne Merrick added, I've never seen anyone situate himself around the net the way Bossy does. He sees where the puck is going and he anticipates so well. So words of high praise for Michael Dean Bossy as he picks up the hat trick on this date in Islanders history, February 4th, 1978. Islanders downing the Washington Capitals by a score of 6-1. to one. All right, let's take a look at the Islanders' upcoming game tonight against the Dallas Stars at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And Dallas, right now, third place in the Central Division, but this is a team that is playing some pretty darn good hockey and not an easy game for the New York Islanders. In fact, Realistically speaking, Dallas uh, could be and should be in uh, second place by the end of the night. They're ahead of the Rangers uh, and will beat the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. So Dallas will be playing the second end of a back-to-back. The strength of the Dallas Stars is their defense. They are now first in the league in goals against. They are 28th, however, uh, 
in goals scored. So much like the Islanders, Dallas, a bit of an offensively challenged, but very strong defensive hockey team. And again, it's sort of like a mirror image to the Islanders in some ways. The Dallas power play, 22nd in the league in 18.5% uh, success rate, while the penalty kill is 6th in the league at 83.3% success rate. So again, a very strong defense, a very strong penalty kill, but the power play kind of lacking uh, as far as or, you know, its efficiency and its effectiveness are concerned. The two goaltenders uh, for the Dallas Stars, Ben Bishop is the starter. He is 18-11-3, a 2-3-1 goals against average, and a 9-25 save percentage. Backup Anton Kudobin has started 17 games, so it's a two-thirds, one-third split, realistically speaking. And amazingly... Kudobin's numbers are almost identical to Bishop's. He's 11-7-1 in the win-loss column, but the goals against average, 2.30 to Bishop's 2.31. The save percentage, 9.28 to Bishop's 9.25. So Bishop has two shutouts, uh, while Kudobin has yet to get one this season. At the end of the day, however, both goaltenders playing strong hockey in front of a very strong defensive team. Now, this is the second meeting between the Stars and the Islanders. They met on December 7th down in Dallas, and the Stars came away with a 3-1 win in that contest. Players to watch? Well, there are a number of them. And by the way, these numbers will not include last night's game against the New York Rangers. But the leading scorer... Right now, Tyler Sagan, uh, 11 goals, 37 points. And uh, Alexander Radulov leads the team in goal scoring. He is tied for first, 15 goals, 30 points. Uh, meanwhile, Rupe Hintz has 15 goals, but only 24 points. Some familiar names up there, Jamie Benn, 14 goals, 25 points. And Miro Heiskanen, 7 goals, 25 points. Joe Pavelski having a big game against the Rangers, came into that game with nine goals and 20 points, but uh, scored a couple of goals at least uh, in the game last night against the Rangers. Uh, some familiar names on this roster, Blake Como, uh, the ex-Islander, also a member of the Dallas Stars right now. Now, we'll take a look at the lineups, by the way. Top line, Hints centering Ben and Sagan. Joe Pavelski centers line number two with Matthias Janmark and Alexander Radulov flanking him. The third line right now is Radek Faxa centering Andrew Cogliano and the aforementioned Blake Como. And then the fourth line, Jason Dickinson, is the center for the Dallas Stars' fourth line. And his wings are Denis Gurianov and Corey Perry on defense. The Dallas Stars, and this is by far the strength of the team, it's Asa Lindell and John Klingberg at the top pairing. Jamie Oleksiak and Miro Heiskanen are the second pairing. And Andre Sekera 
and Stefan Johns are the third pairing, and uh, that is the Dallas Stars' usual lineup. Some injuries, Martin Hansel, Justin Dowling, and Rupe Hintz all on the injured list for the Dallas Stars, so we'll keep an eye on those players. Uh, and just FYI, uh, as far as the Stars are concerned, uh, Kudobin got the start against the Rangers last night, so odds are on the second game of a back-to-back that the Islanders will see Ben Bishop, who did a very, very good job against the Islanders in that first meeting, so it's likely to be Bishop, and I'm assuming Simeon Varlamov will get the start after Grice gave up, uh, you know, the four goals against Vancouver on, what was it, 24 shots, so Bishop and probably Varlamov, and we'll confirm that on Twitter uh, tomorrow, so make sure you follow us there. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, tomorrow we will have a complete analysis of the game against the Dallas Stars, plus our weekly farm report, which we try to do every Wednesday, and of course another This Date in Islanders history. So plenty to talk about tomorrow. Hopefully the Islanders who really need to pick up some points, will start to do that because, you know, you look at the standings right now in the Metropolitan Division, and uh, it's getting tougher and tougher for the Islanders because the other teams around them are starting to play some darn good hockey. Islanders have fallen back into fourth place. Columbus now one point ahead of the Islanders, although the Islanders have three games in hand on the Blue Jackets, but Carolina... Again, just one point behind the Islanders, and Philadelphia, one point behind the Islanders, although New York has two games in hand on both of those teams. So right now, the difference between third place and sixth place is two points. Four teams separated by two points. You know why tonight's game and pretty much every game the rest of the way are going to be important ones for the New York Islanders. All right, thanks again for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.